Greetings, listeners. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Chuck Tuck, and I am the host of Open Mic with Chuck Tuck. Today, I have a very special guest. But before I tell you who it is, let me say this. Back in 1989, they had a hit song called New Thing. And then again in 1990, another huge successful hit song, and it was called Fly High Michelle. And then again in 1991, Baby Loves You. Have you guessed who it is? That's right. Enough's enough. And I have Chip's enough with me today, and he's going to tell us about the new album, Brainwash Generation. Uh, aside from that, we're going to talk about, you know, what's been going on with the COVID situation, what he's been doing, the different projects, his radio station that he has. Uh, he's hosting it six days a week. And we talk about family, friends, and sports. So stick around and listen. Oh, by the way, the audio on my portion is not that great at the very beginning, but please bear with me on that. And as always and as usual, thank you for listening. Please share the podcast channel and please rate the show. I've got a lot of listeners, but not very many people rating it and commenting. If you do that for me, it will really help this channel grow because that's part of the algorithms as they take a look at not only the number of listeners, but the rating. So give me a five star no matter where you're listening to this. All right. So without further ado, let's start the show. Chip, how are you? Good. Good to see your face, buddy. Yeah, man. You know, um, I like the shirt. It's all good in the hood. Can't go wrong there, Snoopy. Not at all. Yeah. So, uh, Really appreciate you being on here, Chip. Really do. I, thanks, Chuck. I appreciate it, buddy. So I know you've been just super busy with uh, with a lot of this COVID downtime, but you have not been down because you've been doing a lot of uh, podcasts, interviews, radio shows in the works, right? Well, yeah, I got my radio show on uh, Dash Radio, which is a uh, satellite. It's the new series, bro. DashRadio.com. Download the app. My show's called The Monsters of Rock. I'm on six days a week. All right. Everybody, you heard it. You got to do it. And I'll make sure that I put it in the, uh, the description links and all that stuff. Right after Chip mentioned DashRadio.com, I decided to check it out. And I did. And I love it. I've been listening to it now ever since the time you mentioned it. So, you know, I got to tell you, a lot of my listeners, which is sad, they don't know you. They don't know the history of the band Enough's Enough. I know you've gone through it a million times. Can you uh, give a little bit about uh, the history? Came up outside of Chicago area right back in, uh, what, 84 you started out? 86, 84? That's right. I, that's right. I put the band together in, uh, in 1984. Uh, it was spelled differently then, of course, and the spelling of the band now is E-N-U-F-F. Z-N-U-F-F, but back then it was a little bit different of a spelling and uh, fixing my little mask up a little. Oh, yes, our COVID mask. Yeah, so uh, when we put the band together in 84 and then uh, for years and years, we're just opening up for Cheap Trick, the Guess Who, uh, Blue Oyster Cult, uh, BTO, whoever would come through town, we'd open shows for them until eventually uh, – 
we're recording demos in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin in 1988. And we were discovered by Doc McGee. And Doc was the one that was responsible for getting the Bandits record deal with uh, Atco Atlantic. Okay. Uh, of course, Doc McGee, very well known. So. He, of course, huge manager, man, just kiss. Yeah. And you know, Doc, he's got that little problem, right? It's not really a problem, but he's got a, he's got this debilitating illness where he can't go to bed at night unless he tapes his assistants tape ten thousand dollars together in hundred dollar bills, and they make a blanket for him, and then he puts the blanket over him and he sleeps like a little baby. He's, that's, and I don't know, he's 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 not a very big guy. He can't get on the rides over at Disney World, but for some reason, one of the greatest managers of our generation. And he was able to uh, not only procure a record deal for enough snuff, but uh, help us in every single way in the beginning from uh, album cover, songs to pick for the record, and what tours to take. So very influential for enough snuff. And um, I'm grateful for the relationship I have with him. Yeah. It's. At that time when he was managing enough snuff, he also was uh, managing Bon Jovi, Motley Crue. Scorpions. I think he had a band called the front too. He was managing and skid row guy was touching everything, hitting home runs everywhere he went, except for the front, which was a great band that should have got much more recognition. Uh, but real smart guy who has a good sense of balance on what's happening in, in, around the country. And he, he told me that a long time ago, he would bring his father to the showcases for all the bands that he was going to go manage or that he was interested in managing. And if his dad didn't like the band, then he would manage them. If his dad said, no, these guys are great, you know, you should get these guys, he would pass. <laughs> his father was the barometer on what to what to grab onto and what not to. <laughs> That's great. Well, I mean, talk about the front and they, they should have been more than what they were. I mean, you guys, for one, hands down, should have been much, much, much more. And your your music is so good. Well, thank you. Hey, we're still going. It's not over yet, so we're still moving forward. We're putting new records out every other year, so uh, I I think that there's still gas in the tank right now. But maybe perhaps back in those days we could have had a little more commercial success. But uh, nothing nothing to be ashamed of with two gold records, and and to still be going after all these years making music and touring around the country. That's success in itself. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And like you said, you're still making records. You're number 15 uh, Brainwash Generation, right? 15 studio album. I think 15 or 16. Yeah, we have quite a few records out there. Plus, it's all the live records and greatest hits and stuff. We probably have 21 records out right now that I know of. Uh, I'm sure there's other bootlegs that are out there as well. I don't, I don't have Peter Grant from Led Zeppelin days managing us. He used to go into the record stores and smash all the records if they weren't sanctioned by the band. Uh, but we got quite a, we got quite a few uh, records out there, and it's, it's quite a nice discography of material. And it's good when you go out and play live because there's a lot of songs to pick from. Enough's Enough has a huge catalog of music, and they do have a number of hits, but two of the biggest hits that they had were New Thing, and Fly High Michelle. So I asked Chip, do you ever get tired of playing these songs? Yeah, no, don't get tired of playing the songs. Very grateful. We've had an illustrious career. It's nice to be able to go out and play and share the stage with some of our favorite bands too as well. 
whether we're out with Cheap Trick or a Def Leppard or L.A. Guns or Faster Pussycat, you know, all the bands, we all swim in the same lake. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's nice just to be out there and be recognized. And little Steven says it best. He goes, Chip, if, if you're at least a footnote, you're doing okay. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is right now. Right now, there's nobody touring. So we're all navigating these waters that are very, very difficult. Uh, in the meantime, though, a lot of the bands I see, everybody's in the studio recording, making records. Uh, most notably ACDC, that new record, Powered Up, is great. People are going yeah. out and getting it, and rock and roll is still alive, and there's a ton of I know the Struts just put a new record out. They're, they're fabulous. And then a lot of the newer bands out, Greta Van Fleet back in the studio making a record. Cheap Tricks just finished their new record. Uh, we're all still working. I, I think it's good. You got a live record out with Queen. Uh, the, if you look at the discography of all those bands together, that's enough music to listen to for a lifetime. We're still making records. That's exciting. Uh, I'm excited about what the future holds to see if we can go back out there and start touring in 2021. Because from what I hear from my buddies over at Live Nations and uh, in AEG, everything starts up in the middle of 2021. If that's the case, that'd be great. I want to go play shows, bro. Uh, oh, but you. in the meantime, I, I think it's good to get in the studio and try to re- make some recordings. I just put out a record that's that no one knows about. Just came out. I'm singing on Dave Ellison's from from Megadeth's new record called No Cover, and we did a version of Down by Cheap Trick, along with members of Fear Factory, Bang Tango, Sponge. I know that uh, Ministry's on the record. There's a bunch of really cool cats that are playing on his new record. So Dave Ellison, No No Cover, it's called, and I'm on the one song Down. That's that's a good thing to listen to if you get a chance. You want to hear some cover songs done by a bunch of rock and rollers who are, you know, known as the, in the heavy metal mark. That, that's a, that was a fun little record. And I just did something with John Anderson from Yes, too, a song that he's putting out real soon that has to do with the pandemic. So uh, I've been trying to stay as busy as possible. I'm on a Donnie V new solo record. Uh, little small little things that are coming in. It gives you time right now that we're off work. It gives us time to work with us, uh, with our own stuff and with other people's material as well. And that's exciting to me. I love sharing the stage with my brothers. And, you know, all the bands that you, you named off, those are great bands. Those are bands that I looked up to, admired, grew up with, loved their music. Uh, yeah. And the, other, the funny thing is I'm just sitting here thinking, all right, all those bands you're naming off, yeah, I could play their stuff. I could play that. I could play that. And then it comes, enough's enough. It's like, shit, I'd love to be able to play that. But for some reason, it, it, it's beautiful music. Sounds great. And honestly, to me, I think it's more complex or, or a little bit more difficult to to play as a cover. Just the sound, the, the mix of sound that you guys have and your vocal ability. Your your vocals are great. Uh, and, and you just started being the front guy, I don't know, what, seven years ago? Uh, I, yeah, Donnie split in 2013. I took over and we put a record out called Clowns Lounge in 2000. I put a solo record out first called Strange Time on Cleopatra Records. That came out in, I think, 2014, 2015. 2016, we put out Clowns Lounge. 2018, we put out Diamond Boy. And then now the new record out this year, the first, I think it's one of the first post-pandemic records of 2020. And that one's called Brainwash Generation. So uh, we haven't stopped. 
It's, it's really a miracle at the end of the day that we're still making records and we're still playing a few shows, not many of them, mostly live streaming stuff like what we just did at the Monster Rock mm-hmm. uh, live streaming show in July. And then we did Iowa and then we uh, Kansas City. We did some of the red states. We got a chance to play some shows. Uh, but for the most part, uh, I've been in a studio just doing my radio show on Dash Radio, playing all my friends' records. And then in, whenever I get a chance to, I start recording some new material. I'm working on another solo record. And, stuff that I just mentioned to you earlier. So a lot of good stuff out there. The chip, a vocal booth right back there. When am I going to get you out this way and uh, do some recording in that vocal booth? That'd be nice, bro. I'd love to do that. You just let me know when you got time and uh, I'll fly out. Or I'll uh, drive out there in my Oscar Minor wiener wagon and we'll do it. <laughs> I got the shit right here. You can all do it. <laughs> Again, where do we start? You were a sports fanatic growing up. Uh, yep. Did you ever have any aspirations of being a uh, a pro player? I mean, the reason I ask is if people don't know you, if they've never stood by you, they don't know what a big guy you are, man. I mean, it's like you've got stature. I mean, it's well, I like, played baseball damn. for years. I tried out for the Milwaukee Brewers, Cincinnati Reds, Kansas City Royals, Chicago White Sox. I was going to be a pitcher. Uh, and then I guess watching Don Kirscher's rock concert and uh, Midnight Special – yeah. With Wolfman Jack, changed the trajectory of what I want to do for a living. Uh, oh, but yeah. I still love sports, and I took some of those elements with me when I put together a rock band. Man, those are good moments man. to see. Yeah, you get a chance to see great bands playing like Queen and Cheap Trick and yeah. uh, Alice Cooper. There's a, a wonderful program. I learned a lot from watching those old shows, and I realized I could do this for a career as well. There are bands and there are people that I am happy to see that are out there doing what they're doing, and you are one of them. And, you know, for me, it goes without saying that you are one of the nicest guys out there, the most genuine stars. I'll say that. I mean, a personality, because you work your ass off, and whether it's 10 people or 10,000, I mean, I've seen you just work it and work hard. I appreciate that. Well, I just played for 10 people when we did the Monster Rock Cruise live streaming show with Larry Moran. That was great. But we had 25, 30,000 people watching it on social media. So, you know, most of the shows that I play, are, we, we've been playing in pretty good crowds in the last few years. was out with Ace Freely, Ace, a good buddy of mine, go back 30 years. And we did a big tour with him. And then we went out after Ace and we did uh, the Kiss Cruise, playing mm-hmm. four shows opening for Kiss. And then right on the road for that Live Nation thing with uh, with the Great White and the Bullet Boys. So we've we've had a chance to play some pretty big shows in the last three, four years where we're reaching a large audience. And that's really helped elevate our perception. Yeah. Hey, I think I'm running out of juice right now. Well, crap. I thought he meant he was just getting tired running out of juice, but he meant his phone was dying. But you guys... Don't go anywhere. So this proves and shows what a stand-up guy Chip is. As soon as his phone was recharged, he called back. We got cut off. Well, we talked about baseball. Yeah. It was the last thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you were uh, you really went out for uh, to be a pro player then? Yeah. My my grandfather played with the White Sox back in the '30s. My dad was playing baseball all through his life. 
still alive, by the way, right now, 82 years old, can still play sports. And uh, I just, I guess I follow, I got good genes. I follow in their footsteps. Yeah. And I really love sports a lot. Uh, I, I love the camaraderie more than anything. And uh, of course we all love winning, but I, I learned a lot being a baseball player. Uh, and I took those elements with me and used it when I put together enough's enough. So let me ask you then, I was going to put this at the end, but I'm going to throw this one out right now. Cause I've got a, yeah. this or that. So baseball or hockey for you? That's uh, a tough one right there. I love them both beyond belief. I had season tickets to the Blackhawk games for years. Uh, I, I love the whole era of you know, the, the top six teams, you know, the Canadians and Detroit Red Wings and the Blackhawks and, you know, I'm just a bit, I'm a big hockey fan as well, but I probably baseball, I gotta be honest with you only because of my family played it for years. And it's been, it's been in our generation for the last 60 years. Yeah. I asked Chip how a guy uh, in his stature, you know, being a jock and all went from being that big guy on campus to being a musician and playing. And I use the word pretty boy. So I hope he didn't take offense to that. What I should have said was, flamboyant so how did a guy go from being a jock really into being i'm gonna use i'm gonna use this being a pretty boy you know playing the music and kind of on that glam side well I, 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 you are what you eat so i grew up listening to colorful flamboyant bands like t-rex and david bowie and Queen, but my roots are also in the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and Cheap Trick and Squeeze. And it's, a, it's a big combination of a lot of different stuff. Elvis Costello. Uh, there's so many bands I can name off. ACDC, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge potpourri when it comes to my musical vocabulary. And I think because I was uh, able to watch, my parents gave me permission in the early days to watch uh, American Bandstand, uh, Midnight Special, Don Kirscher's Rock Concert. I think that set the tone for everything with me. Uh, and I, I just love music. I love being creative. I love the arts of it all. And, uh, you know, baseball, it wasn't, it, it didn't seem as exciting to me. Uh, okay. You play 162 games a year in baseball. And if you're in a successful rock band, you'll do 162 dates a year playing, playing shows traveling around country, playing different places every day, just like a ball player. Does. So there's a, a lot of similarities that are right there. And there's certainly a lot of discipline. My grandfather used to say when I was younger, son, uh, a little discipline never hurt anybody. So I think they both go hand in hand together. So, you know, here's the crazy thing. So we're, you're talking about discipline and you, you're talking a lot about family. So I'm going to have to guess that family is important to you. Um, friendship and family goes a long way. It should for everybody. I got to be honest with you, for the ones that have had good families, absolutely. I, The ones that have went through tough times, God bless them. I, I, I sent a prayers to all of them because I've had such a great upbringing, and it's really set the tone for me. I graduated from Brother Rice High School, and three weeks later, I was on a, in a car with my buddy driving to California to put together a band and, and, and chase my dream. So if it wasn't for family, I probably wouldn't have got that opportunity. So, yeah, it's very important. 
Uh, but I'm not the kind of guy that hangs out with mom and every single day. I lost my mom a couple of years ago, so she's still with me every day. But I, it wasn't like I go out and see family and brothers and sisters all the time. We uh, we both have our different lives, uh, but the love is there. And when there's something that's significant that's happened, I always in, involve them in some capacity. Uh, yeah, family's everything at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree with you. Family, friends, it, it is. It means everything. I remember in those early days of Enough's Enough playing the big shows, it was exciting for me to bring my brother and my mom and my dad to come out to those concerts and everybody would be hanging out backstage. You'd have all the rock bands that would come visit us and, and watch the shows along with all our friends and people be smoking pot and drinking. Didn't matter. It was all a big celebration of life. And that was exciting to be able to share that with them. It pained me to ask Chip this, but I had to because I really wasn't sure. So he did answer. And you could really tell from his voice that there was such great love and respect then, now, and forever. Are you, um, is your brother still with us? No, I lost my brother uh, a few years ago. Um, but yeah, he's still with me every day in spirit for sure. Mm -hmm. Wonderful guy. Uh, he left us a little bit too early, I must say. And uh, he, one thing I know about when people pass away, um, two things I know is they're uh, the ones that you love. Uh, are going to miss you and they'll talk about you forever. So yeah, uh, I, a wonderful yeah. man, great guy, smart, intelligent in every single way. Uh, he was a racer, uh, auto mechanic and uh, took care of his friends beyond belief, loyal till the day he died, you know, and uh, just, I'm grateful to say I had a wonderful brother. And I, actually on this new record, I, I put a song on there I dedicated to him called Broken Love, which is on the oh. new Brainwash Generation record. And, and the new single comes out soon. And uh, we just finished the video, and I should be putting it out any day now. So uh, wonderful track. Uh, just picture uh, Cheap Trick and ELO fighting in an alley. And uh, Enough Snuff comes in and breaks it up. Just a you know, really nice, nice song celebrating his life. That's that's good. I, I'm going to go back and listen to that because uh, there's a couple of songs that I wanted to ask you about off the new album. Uh, one of them was I got money where my or yeah, I got money where my mouth is. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, how did that song come about? Uh, when I was putting together a record, Tony Fennell, my old guitar player, who's now the singer in uh, one in Rome. He used to be the former lead singer of a band called Ultravox. Ultravox. I got a brain cramp for a second. Yeah, they were fantastic. He took Midgeri's place in Ultravox, and now he's on tour with uh, one in Rome. They're going out next year with Boomtown Rats and Big Country. He oh, he was oh bringing me God. songs. He's a great songwriter, wonderful singer, great guitar player, play multi-instrumentalist. And when I was putting the album together, he goes, I got a couple of songs I think you might like for this next Enough Snuff album. He sent me that one, and it, and it resonated with me and I just I wrote some lyrics to it and put a melody line to it and, and that was it and uh came out great and a lot of people love that track and it's really enough's enough and it's most aggressive moment on that record you'll uh, mm -hmm. listen to all the songs that along with uh uh Drugland Weekend those are two really uh hard rock songs that we really uh you know expose all our uh, scars and tattoos I, and I, I i love that kind of stuff i wanted to make this record where it was a potpourri of material where it was a real mixture of pop rock metal alternative 
Uh, I didn't want any handcuffs on me, and I certainly wasn't looking back to the first couple of early enough snuff albums and trying to write something like that. I wanted to do something that I thought was about today and yeah. written about everyday experiences that I've experienced and maybe you have as well. Uh, but when we went in the studio and recorded those songs, you know, everything was done uh, the old-fashioned way, two-inch tape, real performances, real drums, all analog. And I think that's that's what made the track real exciting. And not many not many overdubs on the record. It was uh, co-produced by a guy named Rob Posen. He does a lot of punk rock records, although his work was Twista and Enough's Enough and Johnny Rotten Jr. Uh, he had a real nice sense of balance on the record. He knew exactly what he wanted to do recording these songs. We wanted to make sure that we really laid it down and got the performances and captured that. And then we went over to to a guy named Chris Steinman's in Chicago. And Chris is responsible for uh, Kiss. Uh, he did the, uh, what was that, uh, the Revenge record, along with Alice Cooper. He worked with Ozzy Osbourne, White Lion, Styx. And I wanted to get a guy like that that was real diversified, that knows all the elements of what we were carrying as a band. And because it's very important to me. And he was able to pull out these songs and, and, and give us a nice little punch where when you, when you hear the record, you'll know right away it's enough's enough, uh, really showcasing all the best elements of what our band is all about. And I'm surprised. Here we are. It's a 15th or 16th studio record to still be going strong after all the things that we went through as a band is a miracle. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, the one thing that I really love about all of your records, I will say, I haven't listened to every single song, but you do know that it's enough's enough, whether it be from 1989, 1990, uh, 2009, or 2020. It's, it's got that flair, that flavor. And I even put down here, and I know this, this is what everybody else says, but you mentioned ELO. Yes. I mean, like to me in the, uh, it's all vain. You've got a little bit of Pink Floyd sound in there. You got Cheap Trick, you do have ELO, but then I put down, of course, you have Enough is Enough, because it isn't that song without without you guys, without the band. So well, those are pretty I, I, I those are pretty them. those are pretty large shoes to fill, and I appreciate that. You know, you are what you eat. When I grew up, and it's this records I listened to, I'd go, I'd sneak in my parents' bedroom and put on Black Sabbath or Pink Floyd or Canned Heat or Crack the Sky, or Captain Beyond. I, you know, I really mixed it up a lot, listening to a lot of hard rock, metal, along with uh, progressive rock. Pink Floyd was a big favorite of mine, you know. I've listened to that record all the time, Dark Side of the Moon and Wish You Were Here, uh, and, and Animals record as well. Uh, and those records resonate with you. And then when you get older and you start writing songs, you realize that that's going to be a part of your vocabulary. That's not a bad thing. I recommend all the bands out there, if you're going to have – you're looking for a style of music to play, listen to all your influences and pick something out that really, you know, moves you beyond belief. And then you go forward and you can pick the style of music you want to play and you'll have a successful, illustrious career, at least in your mind, whether you're commercial successful or not, you have to do it for yourself. And at the end of the day, the rest will follow. Hard work is good. And, uh, you know, following those bands, it's a great trajectory for me because uh, it wasn't for those groups I, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Yeah, and and I give praise and thanks to those guys because you're here, you've done what you've done, and like you said, you're continuing to do more. And I just, I honestly, I can't wait to see you out there and play because that's one of the things about the band, Enough's Enough, is 
I said it earlier, whether it's the 10 or 10,000, and if they're in front of you, you play 110%. And the sound is good. The sound is great. It sounds really good. And you perform. And, you know, whether people pay 20 bucks or 200 bucks, they're looking for a performance in a show. And you give it. It's Thank you. It looks like you're having fun. And that's a hard thing well, to Well, you know, every. When people come out and see enough stuff in concert, they after every show, you know, the majority of the fans say, "You guys sound you're like you're very well rehearsed." And, and in all actuality, uh, our rehearsals are at the shows. We don't really rehearse a lot. I mean, we do rehearse, but not very often. We play so many shows every single year that the band's really, you know, it's a fine, well-tuned, oiled machine. And our drummer Dan Hill, solid as a rock, songwriter, Tori Staff Reagan, great singer-songwriter makes records, new records out right now called Motherload. If you get a chance to check that out on all social platforms, motherload.com, you'll find that. Uh, of course, uh, you can't go wrong with Alex Kane. Uh, great pedigree. He, he started the band with me in the early days of Enough Snuff, worked his way through it. He had his band that was uh, that was out for years called Life, Sex, and Death. They made a couple albums on Warner Brothers. They were fabulous. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Steve Ramone, who also plays guitar with Enough's and Up as well. He's been with us for a long time. It's, it's really a, a band that we all get along very well. And the common denominator is songs and music. And that's one thing that we all we all see eye to eye on. There's never been any discrepancies whatsoever. We just want to play live shows. And it's wash, rinse, repeat every night for us. We go out, play a show, hang out with the fans. We're one of those bands that's uh, very easy, to very accessible. And uh, and then jump in the van or the Oscar Minor Wiener Wagon or a bus, whatever we have, and get to the next city and do the same thing again. And, and it's really exciting for us. And when we're not on tour, that's when I worry the most. It's uh, I don't want to be complacent. So we all have our own recording studios. I know uh, Dan Hill's in the studio recording. He's doing soundtrack work and TV stuff, and it's fabulous. Tori, of course, the Motherload record. He's got the Black, uh, new Black 7 album that he puts out. Every single year, I think they got three albums out of a bunch of country rock stuff that's fabulous. Alex, he's producing records. He's working with tons of big artists. And myself, which all staying real busy. And that's what, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. I just try to get as much material on tape. And then when the, the world opens up again, we'll be prepared to go out there and tour around the country. I miss the fans, bro. Without the fans, what is there? listen, there's not many bands that have put records out here in 2020. Yeah. Uh, most notably ACDC put one out. I commend them. They could have held on to it until next year. They didn't. And uh, we do this for ourselves, but we do it for the fans as well, because at the end of the day, if it wasn't for the fans, we wouldn't have a gig. Musicians and other folks like who travel a lot, um, who have families or, you know, at least, at least a significant other, they're gone so often. So I asked Chip what his wife thought about him being gone a lot. Oh yeah, we uh, we do bring our significant others out on the road, but uh, uh, my wife in particular, she's uh, her name is Kate Catalina. She's out there. She's writing books. She's making a record. She's fabulous. Okay, she stays busy. She runs an antique shop on when her time off, uh, and then of course she does everything else that a great wife would do. Same thing with Tori. He's busy all the time. His wife, he's doing a solo record with her of all country stuff, and she's a fabulous singer. So. Uh, yeah, we of course we like to pull our family in and share, and re, so everybody can reap the rewards of of, of a good day of work. Uh, but right now, no one's touring. Last uh, last I heard is uh, 
from my buddy, my buddies over at Live Nation and over at AEG, they say that touring will resume in the middle of next year. And I'm seeing stuff happening right now where uh, if everything starts up around uh, May of next year. So I'm hoping that they everything stays on schedule and we get a chance to go out there and all the bands and get a chance to tour and, and promote our new albums and get out with the fans again. And I'm sure it'll happen. We got we have a country that's very resilient. We always get back into the game, no matter what we have to go through. And I believe this is no difference. And by, by sometime in next year, I see everybody getting back on the road. Even if you're even if everybody's got masks on, as long as uh, they're social distancing and perhaps with uh, the vaccine, if some people will take it, some, some won't. Right. Uh, it's a shot in the dark right there. But if, uh, we can just respect each other. There's a chance for us to get back on the road and celebrate every single night playing these hard rock and heavy metal songs that we do every single night around the country. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about at the end of the day, bro. I hate to see anybody suffering. Where a lot of people are out of work right now. You know, restaurants are closed down. The only place that are open are hospitals, of course, which is a very important to us because I, you know, I've always loved our first responder, responders are doctors and uh, surgeons and uh, all the nurses. I love them beyond belief. Uh, but, you know, churches are all shut down. You can't go to synagogue. You can't go to a mosque. You can't go to church right now. If you can, you got to call it in. And so it's difficult to, for anybody who wants to go out and pray for anybody else that's out there that wants to go see a, a movie or a, uh, a rock show. They got to sit back and wait. No plays are going on. There's a lot of stuff right now that we've put hand that we're, we're, we're handcuffed. And uh, we're told to sequester in our, where we live and take it easy. But we all have to make money. We have to make a living. So uh, let's first things first, we have to look at the data, uh, believe our scientists, and uh, hope that they're giving us the right game plan on how to move forward and navigate these waters that none of us have ever experienced in our lifetime. Right. I mean, that's a great public service announcement you're just now given. I mean, there are people that listen and then there are people who don't listen. But I know that people look up to who they admire. So that would be somebody like you. And with you saying something like that, I mean, that could add one extra person that wears a mask or a hundred, but at least that's somebody that you touch in a different way, which I think that's awesome. That's really great. Well, it's easy to tell the truth. I want to see everybody survive and and do really well. And, uh, you know, let's face it. This is, this affects everybody differently. I think I already had it, and I and I think some some of my loved ones have have experienced this as well. And everybody uh, goes through a different thing when they when they get this uh, this virus. So uh, the best thing to do is respect what's going on around you. Look out for your family members and your friends and your loved ones and the people you don't know. Yeah, and just uh, mask up. Uh, it's not forever, folks. You do it for a little while, and you're going to be fine in the future. Uh, with the good Lord's blessing. That's all you can do. Um, don't be disrespectful to our, uh, to the people that are around you, that surround you every single day. Let's try to keep everybody safe and let's make this work. So next year we can open up and get back to where we're supposed to be, which is a regular life where we go to restaurants and we can celebrate life to its fullest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, um, I want to ask you just a few more things. I know, like I said, you've got a busy schedule. You've probably passed being hungry right now. So No, I, I just finished up my radio show earlier today. I'm on, 
I'm on Dash Radio six days a week, which is uh, on the Monsters of Rock. So if, you, if anybody wants to check out my show, it's it's uh, satellite radio, just like Sirius. Just go to dashradio.com, download the app, then go to Monsters of Rock, and me, Rudy Sarzo from Quiet Riot, and White Snake, and, and, the, and the Guess Who, he's got his own show. Claudia, Michelle, they have her own shows. I think Orianti's on, on Thursdays. Oh. Uh, and then I'm on six days a week, bro, playing nothing but the finest hard rock and heavy metal imaginable and an 8,000 song playlist. And we have over a hundred million people that have visited our station. It's real simple. You get on a ICO wow. and Apple play and you can Google all the different networks. It's on all the cars that you rent when you go to enterprise and national, national car rental, and all the different places. It's very, very Sesame street, uh, dashradio.com downloaded. And then go to Monsters of Rock, and you can hear my program every single day. And I'm playing nothing but uh, rock and roll from today to 25, 30 years ago. So my playlist will be Van Halen, Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, Queen, Mott the Hoople, Sweet, Cheap Trick. And then I'll go over to Greta Van Fleet, Rival Sons, and Vintage Trouble, and Mammoth Mammoth, and Dirty Honey. And it's a, it's a nice potpourri of bands out there. Struts, I play them all the time. Uh, uh, it's a wonderful program, bro. I'm glad. I'm really great, uh, grateful to be uh, on a platform that reaches that many people. And uh, right now we're number one there, 83 stations. I know Snoop's got his own station down there. Be Real from Cypress Hill does. I think Kylie Jenner from the Kardashian has her own station down there as well. It's it's very uh, it's a it's a potpourri of great music that's uh, on 365 days of the year, 24 seven. No commercials. You can't beat it. No. So what hours are you on? I'm on from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday and 2 to 6 on Saturday. Central time? Uh, that would be my time. Yeah, I think it's, no, it's yeah. uh, Chicago no, time. Pacific time, I think it is. You got to throw in, if you're going to step back a little bit in time, Throwing some trapeze. Remember uh, trapeze or vanilla fudge? Well, I love trapeze. Uh, I love Glenn. Uh, oh, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful singer-songwriter. Now he's in a band called the Dead Daisies. Glenn Hughes, wonderful bass player, great singer. And uh, I've hung out with Glenn. He's a great friend of mine. I love him dearly. And his new record, by the way, Dead Daisies, is out right now. And um, you mentioned vanilla fudge. Well, it used to be called Cactus. Yes, and they changed their name awesome. to Vanilla Fudge. Yeah. And Carmen Apice was the drummer. He also wrote songs in there. He's responsible for a lot of the hits for Rod Stewart as well. He wrote uh, Hot Legs. Can't go wrong there, you know. <laughs> and uh, that band was the, responsible for taking Led Zeppelin out on their very first tour in North America back in 68 or 69. They came out here and played Chicago. My dad seen them. And no wow. one even knew who Led Zeppelin was. As they showed up on stage, blew everybody away. And if you sit down and talk to Carmen, he's got a new book out right now. If you get a chance to check it out, he'll okay. tell you all the stuff that went on with his life with Led Zeppelin, how him and John Bonham were good guys. And, you know, they really loved each other. He looked at John Bonham like a diamond geezer, which is a, another word for a, a good, a good fellow, you know, honorable guy. Loved him beyond belief and actually told him, Carmen said that he taught Bonham how to twirl drumsticks. And which maybe that's the truth. And, uh, and I, John Bonham probably taught him how to blump. So uh, two yeah. guys right there, wonderful storytellers. If you listen to the, 
the stuff that Carmen used to say about those Zeppelin days. It's incredible. And his brother, too, Vinny, wonderful drummer as well, and he used to play with John Lennon. So uh, that family, they they come from a nice uh, background of good musicians and uh, good storytellers as well. Way much yeah. better than me. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been to a few of your shows, and you put out some good stories. And I'm going to throw this out there, too, because Glenn Hughes has always been my top vocal guy. Who I love Graham Bonnet. Glenn Hughes and Glenn Hughes on bass. And I'm putting you, you're right up there for me on bass and vocals. I mean, I appreciate very, that. It means very... a lot to me. And I, I listen, I'm a Graham Bonnet fan too. I tour with Graham Bonnet. We played in Japan together. He came to my room at the end of a show. We did a couple of TV shows together and a few concerts. Wonderful pipes. Chris is a great singer. I loved him in Rainbow as well. And then he, uh, we, uh, he was trying to find something to, you know, to, so he could wind down for the evening, and Donnie slipped him a pill. He fell asleep in my bed. I had seven or eight Japanese girls in my room, and we all watched him as he snored in my bed and went to sleep until uh, until uh, Bob Culler came up to my room and said, hey, man, have you seen my singer? And I said, yeah, he's sleeping in bed right now. And Donnie said to Bob, he says, uh, you better grab your meal ticket right now, which <laughs> I thought was pretty peppy, and uh, take him to your room and put him to bed. And But uh, – you know, I seen him years later. I go, bro, I remember when you fell asleep in my room and uh, we were on tour together in Japan. He goes, Chip, I'm going to be 70. I thought, well, you know, then no excuse needed right there. The guy's still singing as, like a young kid right now and he's still playing shows. Big fan of his. I'm glad to see him out there. He also sang in uh, Ingve Melmstein's band too and he did a fabulous job in that group. Just a really good singer who deserves whatever he gets when it comes to success because uh, – He's got a wonderful set of pipes. Yeah, he does. Definitely. Um, and, you know, so do you. It's, I'm giving you a lot of praise, but it's well-deserved praise because uh, the records sound great. And, you know, part of the amazing thing about listening to the records and then when you go see a live show, it, you don't miss anything. But on your record, you're going, well, didn't I hear keys or didn't I hear something else? And then you're not out there with, synthesizers and keyboards no we didn't use a lot of synthesizers and keyboards on a record we mostly uh, we had some piano that we used but for the most part it was just guitars and we just changed the sounds a lot and uh donnie and i were really good at putting together songs and finding the right instrumentation he was a you know i i produced a lot of those records but so did he we, we it was a team and uh that's what worked well because we, we we had the same the common denominator was Let's get these songs down, tell the story correctly, and try to get it to sound as strong as possible because once the record comes out, there's no change in things anymore. That's it. It stays and it's locked in and it's a, it's concrete forever. So, you know, you would just, you know, there's a lot of challenges making those records. A lot of them we produced ourselves. We had great engineers. There's not about that. But at the end of the day, it was about getting the story out there and trying to get it to sound as solid as possible. And nowadays it's all pro tool records and that we still, we still record the same way, you know, two inch tape, we transfer everything over. Of course you got to go to the digital domain when you sing, but it's about live performances at the end of the day. And that's where it's at. No, we're not using uh, any kind of samples or anything like that. We're just singing and playing. And I hope that, it, that it, people grab onto that and they realize that, wow, uh, you're hearing a real band with a real performance. You mean there's no auto-tune for you, Chip? Never used auto-tune one time. We have, I'm sure my engineers have 
play with Melodyme a little bit, but for the most part, yeah. no, we don't want any auto tune. We don't want anything like that. We just want to get the performance because if we got to go out and play these songs live, how are we going to reproduce them unless we sing them the right way in the studio? Yeah. You know, that's again, what I was saying earlier is that it's amazing how the type of songs that you play, they sound easy, but they're not easy. And they're almost complex to the point, at least this is my, my opinion is that you hear more than what's there. And that's why I was bringing up like the keys and the synth and stuff like that. It's the type of music that you're doing. I think you almost imagine that that's what you hear. But when you go see you live and playing, it, it, you hear it all again, but then you're going, well, where's that coming from? So that part to me is just amazing. Well, we try, thank you very much for your kind words. We try to capture all the bells and whistles of live performances and obviously there's going to be some, a few things that you're going to miss, but for the most part, we got it covered. We got three guys in you know, a Tori Stafragan, great lead singer, uh, uh, Daniel Benjamin Hill, solid drummer beyond belief. He's got no, we don't need his pipes right there because we got Alex Kane singing as well. And we got Steve Ramone. It's, it's a formidable band. Everybody sings lead. So the harmonies are covered and these guys are all fabulous guitar players and uh, wonderful instrumentalists. So it's, I think we're in pretty good shape right there. I mean, there's a lot of bands out there that go out there and they got all the bells and whistles and they got 16, 24 tracks flying back at them. And it sounds fabulous, mm -hmm. but you know, anything goes wrong there and you're doomed. So yeah. I think for us just to be able to show up and play shows and just do it hundred percent live, that's a great little thing. And if you're going to embellish bands that are embellishing the shows where, you know, if you go see a Def Leppard or a Queen or somebody and there's a little extra stuff inside there, that's for the concert. It's, it's, that's the experience. The fans want to hear those songs like they heard the records. So more kudos to them because it's, it's still a challenge right there to still work and make those songs, you know, sound like they do on the record. Uh, and I, I think at the end of the day, just if you go see a band play and there's a little stuff going on, you got to embrace that because it's all about the experience at the end of the day. Right, right. Hey, so is there anybody that you want to say perform with, but is there anybody that you would like to record with? And have you thought about doing a country record or at least a country, just a solo country record yourself? Well, there's, there, there's so many guys that I would love to record with and I've, and I've captured that. I mean, oh, we've, we've made records with members of cheap trick, smashing pumpkins, sitting Billy Corgan play on one of our records with us. Uh, Dax Nielsen from Cheap Trick, oh, he's on half the Brainwash Generation record. He's fabulous. I just love him. Um, of course, uh, Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater and uh, mm. Sons of Apollo and Winery Dogs. He's playing on the record as well. There's a, there's a lot of musicians out there I, uh, that I'd like to get in the studio and play with. And I've, and I've done that recently, recording with uh, drummer uh, Nico McBain from Iron Maiden and uh, John Anderson from Yes!, doing stuff with uh, guys in sponge and uh, Megadeth and uh, fear factory. If you look at me, you'll see next year, I got a bunch of records coming out. I think that that dream has been true where I get a chance to go into studio and be creative with a bunch of bands. My, I did that Zen from Mars record with the guys from fear factory and bang tango. And uh, uh, there's a bunch of bands on that, that were uh, participating on that record. And I think that's a fabulous one as well. Listen, there's a lot of stuff that I want to do at the end of the day, and I, I hope that I get a chance to follow in the footsteps of some of my idols of the past and get out there and play some records. I, you know, I did stuff with Stephen Adler from Guns N' Roses. We did a 
Adler's mm-hmm. Appetite record, and we almost had Slash on a track. That'd be nice to get Slash in the studio to play on something because uh, I think he's a wonderful musician. I love Brian May from Queen. There's I could sit here all day and talk about musicians I like to record with. There's plenty of them out there. And it's, to answer your second question, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I'll do something with uh, Tori's project called uh, New Black 7. He's making another country record right now. It's it's more like it's like country rock, like um, uh, like Blackberry Smoke, you know, where it's it's, it's okay. got it's a tinge of country, but it still rocks and and the guitars are a little bit heavy. Perhaps we'll be able to cross that path next year and do an album, and I'll play some bass on that or some guitar, or maybe sing on that as well. Because uh, I like all different styles of music: pop, new wave, old wave, country. Metal, alternative, I like it all, bro. And I'm, I'm, I'm not handcuffed whatsoever. And I feel comfortable playing all those styles. Yeah, you're you're an amazing bass player. But aside from that, you are phenomenal on getting behind the guitar. Literally getting behind the guitar. <laughs> I mean, you do a great job yeah, on that. <laughs> yeah, we do it. Yeah, we do it every single night. I get behind Tori and play a little solo. And when I was doing the Monster Rock last year, my wife was interviewing. Steve Vai, and uh, that's one of the things he's seen us doing that, and he stole it. Him and Nuno Betancourt do it every night, where Nuno's got the guitar on, and Steve reaches behind him and plays a solo. But I put, I think we do it just as well as they do. I got to be honest with you. And it's a nice little trick. It's it's part of the show. It's what it is. You know, these concerts, it's theater, it's a play. That's what it's all about, celebration. So uh, I like playing guitar. I grew up listening to all the old guys, and I've pillaged a Brinks truck full of digs off every great musician. And hopefully when you come out and see us live in concert, you'll hear something. You go, hey, I remember that. Yeah. It's great. So yeah, I'm glad you recognized that. Thank you. Yeah. I would love to see you um, on Daryl's house with Daryl Hall. Yeah, I'd love mm-hmm. to do that with Daryl. I'm a big Hall & Oates fan. I remember watching Cheap Trick on there. They were fabulous, beyond belief. They were just so good. And Joe Walsh was great on there as well. I'd love to do that show. If he calls us ever, we'll go down and we'll play a song or two with him. Well, if he's listening, yeah, right. <laughs> we want Chip on there. Again, I know that I'm taking up a lot of your time. Uh, let's see. I do have that this or that couple of questions to go over with you. So if you don't mind answering it, it's, it's kind of like one of those quick round question things. Go ahead, brother. Uh, uh, so I got a house or condo. Which would you rather be living in? A house, because you don't have to share it with anybody at Condo. you got to worry about the guy next door falling asleep with a cigarette. Uh, I'll take the house for sure. And plus, I don't want to bother neighbors. I'm recording. I like to record. Sometimes it's late at night. I'd rather just keep that to myself. And when they're ready to come over to the house to visit me and hear the music, that's something else. But uh, it's a little more private that way. And it's, it's and, and this day and age, I think a little safer as well. Yes. And, and then we've already gone over the baseball hockey would you rather be a producer or the player, the musician? Rather be the player musician because you turn into the producer doing that as well. Uh, I like creating. I like playing. I, I listen to ba- back to our stuff at the end of the day, whether it doesn't matter what instrument I'm playing, just to get on and record songs, whatever instrument it may be, and I listen back to it and try to c- capture that magic that you hear in your head on tape. That's the creme de la creme. Yeah. And then uh, A Wonderful Life or Frosty the Snowman? Frosty the Snowman is not a bad thing, actually, you know, because everybody hails Frosty. And uh, the only thing about him is he only comes around once in a great while. But when he does, he's welcome with open arms. 
Dude, you got the answers. All right, so we got home with the honey or out with the boys. But this could be both if you need to say. I'm going to say home with the honey. Can't, can't go wrong right there. It's got a lot of properties. And then this last one for you. Willy Wonka or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Well, I love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Big fan. I love the. I just like the way it sounds, the way it rolls off your tongue. Uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the other way. Damn, a Willy Wonka fan. God, everybody. I get made fun of all the time. All the guys in the band call me Willy Wonka. So maybe it's because of the big glasses. Uh, it's a great comparison, and I could be called a lot worse, my friend. <laughs> and you know what's funny is I never even put the two together with the big glasses and the Willy Wonka. Right on. Is is just these are the two of my one of my favorite shows. Both of those are. Uh, yeah, I love them. So does uh does the wife want to come in and say hello? I had uh, a couple other guests who brought their significant others on because they're always being left out. Love too. She's in the middle of writing a major book right now with a huge rock star. I can't mention names or anything. Nope. But it'll be out next year, and perhaps there'll be a movie on this one too, because it's what she's writing about is just absolutely magnificent. The story, and I, if I could get her, I would right now. But uh, she's incapacitated. Uh, but hopefully uh, next year, when you come see us, you'll be able to talk to her, and she'll tell you all about her new projects, which is a, a brand new book, and along with a, a full-length album, ten songs of incredible stuff. I'm telling you, what a great songwriter. The name of her band is called Saint Symbol Cemetery. Okay. And uh, a wonderful 10-song record that we recorded over at Chicago Recording Company, downtown Chicago, with Chance the Rapper right next door. Unbelievable. She's in good company right now. <laughs> hey, Chip, I really appreciate you coming on. And, and this is huge credits again to you. This goes to show what a great guy, great person you are because your phone died. And I thought, all right, that's it. He's not coming back. He's not calling. Then, bam. It's it's you call him back, so. I mean, oh, absolutely! I'm not going to forget that. I remember seeing a David Lee Roth interview a long time ago, and he was talking. He was telling great stories, and all of a sudden, they just cut right out. And then, like 20 minutes later, he came back on there and finished his bam uh, his bamboozling of, with the journalist. And he the second half of the interview was even better than the first half. So, uh, no, I don't turn my back on guys like you. Are real important. You're a great guy. You got a wonderful program. People are listening to it. Any stories that you want to hear, I'd like to share them with you. And I appreciate you having me on the program. Maybe we'll do it again when the next record comes out. Yeah, absolutely. I'm for that. And when you're out there playing again, I'll be out there with my camera. Is that camera? Hey, you can catch us, by the way, you can catch us at uh, on enoughsenough.com, E-N-U-F-F-Z-N-U-F-F.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Real easy to find us. Our new album is called Brainwash Generation. You can get that everywhere, too. If you just want to go to Spotify and listen to it, it's great. Ten-song record. Dax Nielsen from Cheap Trick on it. Mike Portnoy from Sons of Apollo and Winery Dogs playing drums. Uh, and, of course, Ace Freely doing his, uh, uh, his guitar part that you can't hear anywhere. It's uh, inaudible, but that's okay. Uh, good, but a great ten-song glitter rock record that, that glows in the dark under black light. I think you'll be real happy. The fans that listen, if you want to hear a good rock and roll record check out brainwash generation and hopefully next year you'll see us out on tour in 2021 on the quarantine tour with faster pussycat and enough's enough starting in june that is what we call a wrap that is awesome because yeah 
Um, love the record. I'm going to promote it as much as I can on my end. If you love the Beatles, Cheap Trick, Pink Floyd, ELO, that's called Enough's Enough. Go out there and get that. Quite, those are quite big shoes to fill right there, my friend. Thank you for the lovely compliment. Really appreciate that. And let's get together sometime. I see your studio in the background. Get me out there. I'll, I'll play and sing for you. You know, this has been recorded, so I'm going to get you out here. Ah, uh, thank you, Chuck. It'd be great, bro. I'd love that. Chip, you take care. Really you too, buddy. Be safe. Thanks, man. God bless everybody out there, and uh, happy Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Peace, man. Just so all of you know, this was not recorded before Halloween. Chip is quite the jokester and prankster. So this is uh, right before Thanksgiving. So hope you enjoyed it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed having a conversation with Chip. Uh, as I said in this interview podcast thing, he is one of the nicest guys out there in the entertainment industry. So I hope I come across more people like him. Uh, if not, hey, at least there's a handful out there and he is one of them. This comes to the end of the show, so I'm going to say this again uh, as I do it all my shows. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your support. Please either leave comments, uh, rate your or the podcast, no matter where you're listening to, whether it's on Spotify, uh, Apple, or Anchor, or any place else. Just please rate this and give me a five star. The more ratings I have, the more likelihood or better chance that this is going to be heard by more people. So again, thank you very much. This is Chuck Tuck, your host with Open Mic with Chuck Tuck. Thanks for sticking around and listening to the podcast. I want to first say that Chip is a tremendous guy. I mean, one of the best guys out there that I have come across. So thank you, Chip. Uh, for giving me the opportunity to have a conversation with you on the podcast show. And thank you, everyone, for, like I said, sticking around and listening. Uh, Don't forget, please rate the channel. Give me a five star. Uh, You can also call into the caller hotline and leave a message if you'd like. And this could be anything. Uh, If you want to be a guest, let me know. If you have comments, if you have questions, let me know. But the number for the call-in number is 425 998-8251. Again, the caller hotline is 425-998-8251. That's it. Until next time, take care and so long.